Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. about you, but sometimes my exposure to social media is a lot like that. A lot of noise, and not really any, any distinction, not anything that of, of clarity, just uh, kind of like a fire hydrant. You open up a fire hydrant and you get what you get out of it. It's a, it's a noisy, confusing place sometimes it can be. Uh, as we pose this question, titled the series is social media the new Babel. you want to turn to chapter 11 of genesis where we're going to find our text today uh, last last time we talked about conformity and the idea that the story's use of bricks instead of stone speaks to that conformity and that this common language they had this common communication form of communication could that be ones and zeros the communication to our computers and our phones and everything digital uses. If this story is is prophetic story about our, our day today, and those things can and probably should find some validity into our hearts today to see what's this story telling us about ourselves, about our culture, and about the, the importance we're allowing social media to, 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 uh, to have. Um, I witnessed confusion just a couple of weeks ago. We, we took a vacation down to Isle of Palms and one evening went to one of our favorite restaurants to eat down there, which is called Rodney Scott's Barbecue. If you're ever in Charleston, go to Rodney Scott's Barbecue. I highly recommend it. Great barbecue. If you're a greens person, I'm, I, I love collard greens. Rodney Scott's is your place. We went there to eat, and as is usually the case, there was a long line waiting to get up to order uh, at the counter uh, to, to give the lady your order. I waited in line, got to the counter, and a gal who was at least a senior in high school, maybe up to a sophomore in college, somewhere in that age range, took my order. I gave her, my, told her what we wanted. She said, okay, that'll be $56. So I pulled a $100 bill out of my pocket, gave her a $100 bill, and she looks at that bill, looks at the tablet, you know, on her screen there, back at that bill and back at the tablet, me, looks back at the kitchen, finally pulls her phone out, Sets her phone down, punches in 100 minus 56. And everything in me, believe me, wanted to say, it's $44. Where's your third grade teacher that taught you how to do that in your head? I I restrained myself, though. I didn't didn't do that. But she finally figured out what change I needed. Got got my change back. But the, the look on her face of utter confusion about how to subtract 56 from 100, it was startling to me. And I, I thought, <laughs> if we have a failing education system, it's, it's prevalent here at, at Rodney Scott's because we've got a young gal that is, if I, if I didn't give her a piece of plastic, she really didn't know, know what to do or how to handle that. But it was both saddening uh, and excruciating at the time to watch that, that look of confusion on her face of, what do I do with this? How do I, how do I, how do I manage this? Sometimes I feel like that's the look culturally speaking, metaphorically, on the face of our culture is that 
we don't really know who we are. We were a nation founded on some principles that those early forefathers knew who we were. And I think those early settlers knew who we were, at least who we, who we wanted to be, at least had some aspirations to be. Fast forward uh, you know, a few hundred years, and we're not there anymore. Not, we're not where we want to be. I don't even think we know where to be, how to define who we are as a nation, as a culture. Um, and this is, this is prevalent in every arena of our, of our culture. Uh, it's, it's also prevalent in the church. I find church after church after church lacking in an identity of who they are, what they're supposed to be about. And regardless of the way we do it, regardless of our style uh, of worship, our, our, our polity and how we govern ourselves, if churches can't center around this book, we're in trouble. Trouble. So if, if, it, if it doesn't define who we are, how we go forward, and how we see ourselves, uh, we're in trouble. And, and many churches, I think, are this day in trouble because we've, we've lost the grasp of what we're supposed to be about. Consequently, people come in our doors and leave wondering, what are they about, really? What's, 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 what's the bedrock principles that they believe in and found their lives and their worlds on? Uh, I want you to look at this text today in light of a culture that's full of confusion. Let's look at... at, at the entirety of this text, once again, verses 1 to 9 of, uh, of chapter 11 of Genesis. Here's the story. It says, Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As men moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let's build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that, men, that the men were building. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they'll not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth and they stopped building the city. That's why it's called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of the whole world. And from there, the Lord scattered him over the face of the whole earth. Four things that I want just to see about this text as it relates to confusion. First is this, is that confusion starts with curiosity. Look at verse 5. It starts with curiosity. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the men were building. To see the city and the tower the men were building. Now, Remember your teacher in al algebra class? Uh, that's another unpleasant memory for me as well. <laughs> Remember your teacher in al algebra class wanting want you to show, show your work, not just how you got what the answer is, but how you got to the answer from the first part of the equation to the middle, of the, to see that you got, the, got there the, the right way, that your process is, is, was just as important as the end result. That's kind of, I think, what the Lord is, is doing here. He said, let's, let's go down and see this work that's going on. Let's see the work of their hands. Now, it's not as if God couldn't see that from heaven. He could see what he, whatever he wants to from anywhere he wants to be. But I think his physical presence spoke to this, the, the idea that he wanted to see the product and, and, and the, the, the place that these folks had deemed so important that they were willing to walk away from his, his uh, command to scatter over the earth and multiply. Uh, and that's, I think, the essence of, of, his, of his visit there. Um, they did certainly ignore that. This is, this, is, this is the post-flood instruction that God gave Noah and his children is to scatter over the earth and multiply. Uh, 
And we, we see in this text that they refuse to do that, but to stop and congregate and build a city. Curiosity works that way for us too, oftentimes. Uh, we want to see with our eyes what we were previously imagining to be true. We want to validate it with, with, with our vision. So, but for those who aren't grounded in the scripture, what we were so curious about though can become, if we allow it to, more confusion than understanding to us. I remember the first time I was uh, offered a beer to drink in the back of a car full of guys after a high school baseball game and um, they were passing around beers and I took a sip of the beer and I thought, good grief, you drink this stuff? And, and, and my friend who handed it to me said, well, it's more about the buzz than the taste. I said, it's more about the taste. Give me a glass of sweet tea or something. I, you know, you can have all this you want. I can't get over the taste to get, not willing to get over the taste to get to the buzz, I guess. And so, and, and he looked at me like, you don't get it. And, and I didn't. I didn't see, I didn't see the, the avenue of a beer to get to the buzz. I just, it, it, it made no sense to me to have to tolerate uh, that taste to get to something that I'd never felt before. And he looked confused, too, uh, as, as that conversation un unfolded. But curiosity can be sometimes a good thing if the end of our curiosity is actually greater understanding. Sometimes the end of our curiosity is just more curiosity and a lack of understanding. But it, it, it can be good if it brings us to more understanding. However, when that curiosity doesn't satisfy what we need to know, and as is often the case with, with social media, then we have to ask ourselves, is this more babble than it is understanding? Is this more confusion than it is something that I, I need to glean some wisdom from and, and, and glean some things from? But confusion starts with curiosity. Second thing is this, is that confusion thinks it unifies. Confusion thinks it unifies. Look at the first part of verse 6. The Lord said, if there's one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, even nothing they plan will be impossible for them. If as one people... They've begun to do this. The enemy is always faithful to remind us of what someone else has that we don't. He's always faithful to that. He does that so he can go a step further and make us feel inferior because they have what we don't have and they know what we don't know. He wants to drive that home with us. You know, let me tell you who they are. They are folks that he has designed and, and are willing participants for, for, to be used by, the, by Satan himself in that moment, in that situation, for what he wants to accomplish. And let me tell you this, it's not always unbelievers. Sometimes the Lord can use believers who are, are willing accomplices, whether they know what's going on or not, to become the they in your life, to become the, the, the person that has what you don't have, knows what you don't know, and may be willing to flaunt it in front of you sometimes. He'll use anybody that's willing to do that for his use to accomplish what he wants to accomplish, and that is to create some animosity and jealousy on our part, uh, to divide instead of unify. Uh, it's, it serves Satan's purpose, as I said in the moment. Uh, these folks here at, at Babel had no doubt uh, accomplished a lot under what they perceived to be unity, but as we discovered last week, was actually conformity instead of unity. Uh, they were allowing themselves to be manipulated and didn't even see it, couldn't see it because of what was being accomplished together. As we said last week, social media is not evil. It can be a source for good. In fact, we're using it this very moment to take what we're doing beyond the walls of this church. 
it's, it's not evil on its face. It's how we allow, how much importance we allow it to have. And, and it's the, the message we, we receive on it, how much credence we give to, to our, our adjusting our way of thinking and our way of life, either toward the scripture, toward, toward the Lord or away from him. Um, it was, uh, it was, uh, those, those kinds of uses are, are, are there to be had or not in social media. So it's not evil in and of itself or on its face. It's how we allow the enemy to use it to make us think they are more important than we are, that they are somehow better than we are, that they are somehow smarter than we are, that they are happier than we are. And sometimes you'll see social media posts that portray those kinds of things, but if you walked in, inside that person's shoes and got inside that person's world, they're no, they're no happier than anybody else is. In fact, they may be worse off because they want you to think and vicariously themselves to be, to be convinced of they got a good life and so uh, the more positive posts I have the better I feel about myself uh, that's not unification at all friend it's manipulation and when we see that and understand that uh, it's, it's important now the enemy's not going to tell you that and they're not going to tell you that but I just did so live in the, in, in, in the truth of the fact that confusion thinks it unifies it starts with curiosity thinks it unifies but thirdly Confusion changes our perceptions. It changes our perceptions. Look at the last part of verse 6. Then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Nothing they plan to do will be impossible. Now verse 4 told us that God was nowhere to be found in their original plans to build a city and to build a tower. He, he, he was not consulted at all. In fact, as I said, post-flood, he told man, mankind to scatter and multiply around the earth. They refused to do that. If you notice, though, in verse 5, they hadn't completed anything yet when he came down. They were still working on the city, still working on the tower. The Lord comes down to check out their plans, to check out their work. So if they had been allowed to complete the work, no doubt they would have seen themselves as more accomplished, more, more, more together, more, with, with, with more wisdom, and had something to show for their efforts. Uh, but probably more self-importance as we talked about last week. Uh, but they were still working. Consequently, it, it was based on this perception that they were moving toward a completed product, but they hadn't gotten there yet. Sometimes, and hear this, sometimes God will allow confusion in our life and in, in the lives of his, of his followers to, to stop us in our tracks so that we'll stop our own way and start to seek his way. Confusion can be a good thing if he brings it about and makes those, those uh, actions and motives re a reality in our life for us to see, is this me or is this him? Am I, am I walking out my own way, my own plan, my own design or not? Oftentimes God will allow confusion to come into our life before we get too far away from his plan, his will, and his design for us uh, or, or what we want or what we think is best. Social media can and does confuse those perceptions sometimes but they are uh, they are can be used of God as I said confusion starts with curiosity it thinks it unifies it changes our perception finally confusion can be for our good look at verse 7 can be for our good come let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other let's ask ourselves what would cause men to abandon the command of God and that he told Noah and his descendants to build it, uh, and, and, and instead of scattering, to build a tower that, as this passage says, reaches to the heavens. Uh, 
Now, that phrase is not accidental. I think it's in part, that behavior is in part, I can think of a couple, a couple of reasons for that. First is obviously this, is it ambition. And ambition, there's nothing evil or wrong with ambition. In fact, it's, it can be and is a good thing as long as we're, our ambition is moving us toward godliness, moving us towards God's, God's design and plan for our lives. Their ambition was saying, I know better what's best for me than God does. I don't want to scatter. I want to, I want to come together. And that ambition caused them to step away from what God wanted them to do, commanded for them to do, and do something different. So their ambition was ill-advised. As I said, ambition on its surface is never evil. But when it brings about self, it can be and often steps into that arena. Second thing beyond ambition that I thought of was fear. Now, they had no doubt carried these stories from the flood throughout these generations. These stories were... were, were woven into the, into the culture of who, who, who they were, uh, the nature of, of, of how they lived their lives. And so this tower that reaches to the heavens, many, some theologians believe was an ascent toward God. Others believe it was an escape from another flood, should another flood come, that they'd go to a high place and, and be above the waters and above the fray, forgetting the fact that God had promised never to do that again. Um, and, and sent the rainbow to them to, uh, to, to validate that promise. But th this, this idea that they were above the Lord's plans and above the Lord was very prevalent in, in the design of the city and the design of the tower. Both these things were regular, will often regularly find their way into social media, ambition and fear both. Uh, whether we're looking for admirers, whether we're looking for comrades at arms, whether we're looking for friends, someone to agree with us, someone to argue with us, those things are there. That's why in their case, and sometimes in ours, confusion can be a source of deliverance. As I said a moment ago, from our own way, going, going in our own place, uh, it, it can keep us from going far enough to place confidence in ourselves instead of God. If he had let them finish their plans, uh, the outcome in that day uh, may, may never have scattered, and the outcome for cultures moving forward after them would have been, would have been much different. So, well-timed confusion, well-timed, in fact, God's timing is always perfect, not just, not just good. Well-timed confusion, confusion can be a great thing. In fact, it can be just what we need in that moment to stop us, to keep us from going any further in our own way and getting in our own way. So, observation, a question before we wrap up. That's this, and this observation is obvious. We've made it several times before. Social media can be used for both good and bad. In fact, we've witnessed both, maybe already today. Social media can be used for, for both good and bad. Um, the question is this, if you're involved there, is it a platform for your own agenda or for God's? Is it a platform for, for your own agenda or for God's? I'll tell you, <clears throat> If it's a platform God wants you to use, there's going to be a lot of truth involved there, or there needs to be, and not just opinion, or not, and not even your opinion about God's truth, but his truth as it stands on its own. So how do I know whether it's a platform for my own agenda or for God's? Well, a couple of things here. Are you a part of a larger conversation, or is it just about you spouting off, or about you liking or not liking someone else's spouting off? Are you part of a larger, larger conversation, a more significant conversation than just about your opinion? 
or are you just performing on a hidden stage? Sometimes I fear that's all social media is, is a performance on a hidden stage where no one can get to us and our fingers do our talking beyond where we're living and how we're, how we're living out faith, how we're bringing action to the things we say we believe. Well, don't forget this. God's well-timed confusion in our life, especially in the life of a believer, can be not, not just a good thing, but a great thing, a thing of deliverance to keep us from going over the edge of ourself, going over the edge sometimes into a dark place that we, we don't need to go. Um, confusion can be a good thing. He brought confusion for their own good. They didn't see it in the moment, but brought them confusion for their own good and does that graciously, oftentimes to you and I, for our own good. Let's pray. Father, um, our need to know so often trumps anything, anything of, of, of um, any wisdom that looks like wisdom at all. In fact, it trumps a lot of things that, in our life that it shouldn't trump at all because we're not God and we cannot know it all and we will not know it all. You're God and you do and you always will. Our need to know pushes us into places sometimes that we find, that, find out after knowing, I wish I didn't know this. Sometimes it'll push us to places that now knowing, I've got to do something about this. Our need to know is oftentimes self-devised and self-induced. When if we learn to trust you, walk by faith with you, allow you to open the doors and, and us not knock them down, Allow you to bring information our way and not our seeking, seeking it on our own for our own reasons and our own worth. When we allow your, your processes to take place in our lives, we will see your way more clearly. We will see your hand more clearly. When we move in our own direction in our, in our own way, follow our own process, asking you to bless our mess, seldom does that occur. You allow us to experience confusion and come to a stopping place because we're not accomplishing what we thought we should. And then, and only then, sometimes can you get our attention to say, it's not the way you need to be going. Let's get on this path over here. So, as sometimes difficult as it is to understand, we thank you and praise you for that confusion. Whatever it takes to stop us from bringing, uh, bringing us to a place where we are on the throne instead of you, more or less bringing us to a place where we're unwilling to follow your will and your way when you told man to scatter and multiply. Babel wanted to do their own thing. And sadly, we do too today. So would you cause us to make room for your plans, to make room for your will, to pursue them above all, above all else. And then and in that place will we find fulfillment. Then and in that place will we find real understanding then in that place where we come to know what you want us to know, what we need to know, what we need to understand. Give us that kind of hunger. Stir those things in, up in us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.